I'm a millennial. I was born in the tail end of the 80s. I'm obsessed with 90s nostalgia and how it influenced who I am today. Some days I crave the simplicity of the 90s. Starting from the limited technology, I remember using TVs, VCRs, landlines to call my friends. That's it. That's all the technology that we had. Nothing made me happier as a kid than choosing a video to watch with my sister on a slow afternoon. We would go through the VHS tapes that we had. We would take them all out of this big drawer under the TV. They were big and clunky. We would pick one out, uh, usually the Little Mermaid or Aladdin. We would pop it in the VCR. We would rewind the tape. And we would sit there watching uh, this movie while eating snacks like cheesies, Dunkaroos, and fruit roll-ups. When I got a bit older, I was very influenced by pop culture. Pop culture still positively flutters my brain. The way I absorbed pop culture was watching TV, my friends tell me what they saw on TV, and buying Teen People, Bop, and Seventeen magazine. I used to flip through the magazine with butterfly clips in my hair, get excited to learn that Nick Carter's, Nick Carter's favorite color was blue and that he loved to eat pepperoni pizza. I would plaster my bedroom walls with the images that I would cut out of these magazines or the posters that came with them. With them. Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, any cute guy that had spiky hair and frosted tips. When I think about Gen Zs, I feel like they missed out on all of that. They grew up without some of the things that I cherish the most. But of course they have their own stuff that they look back on fondly. DVDs, the OC, Nintendo Wii, iPods, Guitar Hero, um, and some weird good Charlotte type music. Welcome to House of Stone, the podcast where everyone has a story and we get into the nitty gritty of it all. Today we have Zach Kick, the wonderful Zach Kick. <laughs> I have a I have an intro for you. Um, oh, oh wow! You, yes, of course, of course I do. Uh, you are a comedian here in Montreal, of course, a content creator, a producer extraordinaire. Uh, this natural talent comedian uh, hit the off JFL scene this summer on the Gen Z show. He also runs uh, NDG Comedy in the Park, a uh, park show that runs in Girard Park every summer. It's an amazing, amazing show. Uh, that started uh, the first summer of the pandemic, correct? Uh, the, the second the summer. The second summer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when everything kind of got lifted towards yeah. the end. No, no, I don't think it was lifted, but it was when, when the Camacho Canadians were in the playoffs. Okay. If that means anything to people. <laughs> it was that summer. Yeah, I feel like it means a lot to some people. Um, he is beloved in the comedy scene. He's hardworking working and a wonderful weirdo. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. I mean, you're always here, technically. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm almost contractually obligated to be here. <laughs> There's no, there's no contract. We don't. I mean, we kind of, we don't have a contract. You are the producer here, editor of House of Stone, uh, and I'm so happy to have. It's weird having you on this side of the studio. It's very odd. Today we have Poseidon um, over yeah, there. If you if you notice that like uh, the cuts are actually done in like regular places and <laughs> the camera's not too jittery, you know that's because there's another person. <laughs> handling it <laughs> no you're very talented i i have no complaints i have no complaints at all about what you give me so okay i uh, okay <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't maybe i just don't know what's quality but you it seems what <laughs> uh, i don't know what quality is either <laughs> <laughs> you're not selling yourself very well you're no, very I, talented oh uh, thank you <laughs> i like i like to uh, i like to talk shit about myself and then uh and then uh, over deliver Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good method. Just be like, you know, under, undersell. Yeah. And then every, everyone undersell and then everyone is just like pleased with like how great it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I invited you on this episode. I wrote this monologue about being a millennial because you are a Gen Z. Uh, you have amazing stories about being a child in the 2000s. I feel like we've had lots of talks about like your experience as a I don't know if it's being in the 2000s, being a Gen Z, or you just you had a weird life or interesting stories. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I think my life is pretty regular, to be okay. honest. My, my life is not that, like, weird, per se. I'm, yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if I would consider it weird. I think, like, maybe my choices in life were weird. 
<laughs> but like I was, I was given the default settings. You know? <laughs> fair, fair. Um, so I talked a lot about the 2000s and my monologue and some nostalgia. What are some like early 2000s nostalgia that you miss? Oh God, uh, racism. <laughs> I miss that. I miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, racism happened in the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s. So it's not just so. Yeah, yes. but I feel like the early 2000s racism was different. You know, <laughs> like, how did it hit different? That post 9-11 like, racism <laughs> on the, the first Internet racism. Like we really kicked it in overdrive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we, yeah didn't have, we were working hard to be racist. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't have slavery, but we did have four chance. So, um, I don't think I don't know when I'm like nostalgic for. I mm. think it is weird because I have an older sister. Yeah. So like she was kind of like she's uh twenty. I think she's five years older than I am. So she's like twenty eight now. Okay. And like all her stuff was like from like the mid nineties. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah. Almost like things she was trying to catch up on. I was also kind of listening. So I kind of like had like mm-hmm. a good, I don't know. I don't like the nine, like I guess like the late 90s and early 2000s kind of blend together, you know? Like I yeah. remember using VHSs and stuff like that. Oh, you do remember? Yeah. I yeah. remember my dad had like cassettes in his car. Okay. Um, okay. We had like, and, and I used to go to movie stores and stuff like that. I used to go to a Blockbuster. I still have, yeah. my, I still have my dad's Blockbuster like membership card and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm like at the tail end of like that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I miss. Like, I don't yeah. think I miss much. No? No. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe just like the simple things of like what everyone misses about their childhood. Yeah, but yeah. there's not much I miss. Uh, like even, I don't know, all this shit. Like, because I grew up with the internet. Internet is getting better and better and better. Yeah. See, I didn't grow up with the internet. Like, the internet, like, came to be. Like, I mean, I also, like, I got a computer in my home later as, like, a teen just because, like, I just used whatever, like, at school. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I grew up without the internet, without all of this information, literally to get any sort of, like, information was, like, watching TV, like, the news or, like, magazines. And, like, now it was just, like, it seems like in the early 2000s there was, like, just a flood of it that was, like hitting kids and like uh everyone yeah i remember the first my first interactions with the with the internet were completely like well, I, well one of them was like the i think the first video i've ever seen on the internet was probably like the like the it was 9-11 oh really yeah oh geez i think i think it might have been one of the first videos i saw on youtube oh really like yeah i have like i've like it might. It has to be because I remember my friend like like hey, I have to show you something. And go on like my family computer, mm-hmm. and he show and he shows me like 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 literally just footage of like the planes hitting the towers. And it was just like on. I mean, it's probably still on YouTube. No, yeah, same yeah. exact video. <laughs> probably even better now. We we keep on finding good footage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Google that from time to time? The nine eleven. Well, footage? every September, everyone drops like their little highlight tapes. You oh know? right, right. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, little highlights. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> that's awesome um I, oh, and, uh, I, that's and, not awesome but okay <laughs> some of the first things i've ever seen on the internet were like oddly like weirdly like pornographic game like flash games too what's flash games like games that like flash is like a program like that people use to make like rudimentary animations in games okay and okay. basically like like games that like a website can support. They're not very they're not very deep and they're not very okay. like intensive. So okay. like a website can host it. Yeah. Uh, so there'd be like a bunch of websites like Newgrounds or like mm-hmm. Mini Clip and stuff like that. Yeah. Where they would host like these small little games and sometimes like uh like videos and there'd be like the X-rated versions. It'd be like <laughs> Batman gets stopped over by the police and now you have to fuck her or something like that. <laughs> or like Batman fucking the I, Joker. I don't remember any of I don't know any of this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I guess not. I, I remember my friend showing me like like he went on the, we played this game and it was like of like this rudimentary like almost like a gingerbread looking like woman and she was like naked. A gingerbread looking woman? Yeah, like it was very like, you know, like very just like cartoony like very but- basic and she was like naked but her vagina looked like a monkey's mouth. <laughs> Almost like almost like a football and like the lines. It was like very basic. Jesus Christ. Like Homer Simpson's mouth, kinda. See, this is what was like like going into your brain as like 
a kid and teenager like that that's that's a lot no yeah it was kind of weird like, it's it's very weird same guy same kid same friend show me both those videos okay same yeah, person so are you yeah. still friends with this person oh no that person went down a different life <laughs> <laughs> what what is their what, what what do you think their life is now uh why well, i, I kind of follow he, he's a <laughs> he's a photographer now photographer is that like quotation photographer or an actual no he's an actual <laughs> photographer he has like uh he has uh some things about him that are kind of like i feel weird talking about this because he's he, he's like a compulsive liar oh really yeah and, okay. and, and one time i don't know do you guys know who juice world is Juice? Okay, Poseidon knows what Juice World is. So Juice World is like a rapper who died, like a, oh, like, a, okay. like two years ago. Okay, and then it, like so like like a week after he died, uh, that guy was like my like my old friend is walking by, and my neighbor kind of sees him. They're friends, and like, hey, how you doing? It's been a while, whatever, whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, so how you doing? And he's like, oh man, I'm actually kind of like sad right now because my friend Jared died. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Like, who's your friend Jared? Oh, oh, actually, you might know him as Juice World. <laughs> He was claiming the, that he was claiming the famous that, rapper. Yeah, he's claiming that Jewish world was my, his my friend. My bro, my bro passed away. It's just like you've been living LaSalle your entire <laughs> life. How do you know Juice World? That does not make sense. Did he like commit to it? Like, no, I met him. Mm, yeah, online. He, we like we DM each other. He also told me because he showed me like Green Day. He was a big fan of Green Day, and he told <laughs> okay. me that Billy Joel uh, Armstrong, his name is, or like the, the yeah. main the main yeah, guy yeah, of yeah, Green yeah. Day. He said that he came out to him first. <gasps> Like literally, like the the main guy of Green Day. I don't know if he's even gay or not, or bisexual, or whatever. I think he's bi. Yeah, yeah. but he said yeah. he came out to him on first. the internet first, first when we were like eleven or twelve. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's so funny. I know. Yeah. Do you remember any other like lies? That's hilarious. Yeah, one time, one time. <laughs> There's uh, so many. I know we got so many. Uh, one, oh my god! There was a Justin Bieber concert, and then like he said, like after the concert, he like actually saw him outside, and they took a selfie together. And, like, yo, so where's the photo? He's like, oh, it was on Justin Bieber's phone. That's a, no, Justin Bieber wanted a photo of me. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want a photo of him. That's so funny. That's yeah. so funny. I had a friend in high school that was like, I I believe she was a compulsive liar too. Just because like anytime I told a story, she would like always one up me. She's like, yeah, I have done that too. And blah, blah, blah. Like just like one up it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, you're such a fucking liar. And like, I couldn't ever like prove her wrong. Um, so it was just like, it's infuriating. It's so, I don't know. Maybe like teenagers have that in them too. Yeah. Do like- you think this person is better? Now, now that now that nah, the juice adult? thing happened like two years ago. Like, oh right! I don't, I don't, <laughs> like I don't even like I, I don't know. I don't follow up with this person anymore. Okay. Like uh, he he seems he seems to be doing successful in what he's doing, so that's fine. You know? Okay. No okay. no no need to be a, a hater right now. <laughs> he, has, he hasn't said it, and also like all the things he says is like low key hilarious. So like I can't be mad. It is it is low, but it's it's sad that he if he actually wants someone to believe it. That's it is sad. If he's if he's content with it, you know, like if he's happy with lying and yeah. everyone else is enjoying the lie, then yeah. like that's the same thing I'm doing on stage. I lie all the time. <laughs> we do lie a yeah, lot. Yeah, I lie, people laugh, and everyone's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, but at least we know like I don't know. It's like it's he's he's doing trickery. He's like trying to like manipulate you, and it's it's just very unhealthy. But that's okay. He can live his life. He doesn't impact my life, so it's all right. In his world, he's yeah. friends with Juice World, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> In his brain, he's friends with Juice World, so yeah. let him. I guess let him be happy. Let him be. Let him be happy. Yes. Is it okay if I speak? No, you speak when you're spoken to, Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if it's just entertainment to him, just to see who's gonna fall for it or who's gonna call him out? I uh, know that. No, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I have a thing where like I like to fuck with people by like just like just going into like these weird lies and see if they believe it. But I always oh, really? like let them know it's like fake right yeah. after. Eventually, but yes. I got that from him. Like just, really, just kind of like yeah, yeah, maybe subconsciously, just kind of like yeah. see if these people actually could believe what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. The difference is like you're being funny. That's his, what he's doing is a little psychotic. No, but Juice yeah. World being your best friend's kind of funny though. Yeah, that's that kind of funny. It is funny. But it's I don't I don't know. There's something malicious about it, like lie, like oh, being like oh, I'm I'm depressed, I'm mourning. It's just it's weird. It's very yeah. very weird. But talking about nine eleven, one I think. <laughs> 
talking about nine eleven? Well, because I know I, this is a vague. I don't know if this is actually like what he really did say, but I have a vague memory of him telling that his dad like jumped out the window, like he was in the towers of nine eleven, he jumped out the windows, and he survived. That's he has. A, wow. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know. So that, it started young. His life. Oh no! Like ever since I known him. Uh, yeah. Ever, and we know each other since kindergarten. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Okay. I wonder where he got it from. Maybe his parent, his dad, saying that he jumped out of a window at, on the tw- in the twin towers. Yeah, that's where it came from. It's like generational. Yeah, lies. <laughs> it could. It could be. I don't know. He he's got he's got his own things going on. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. He was yeah. kind of obsessed with 9/11, but that's you know that's a Gen Z thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Gen Z thing. <laughs> Do you think Gen Zs are? Are impacted by 9-11 as oh, much as no, millennials? No, no one. <laughs> no, no one. No, no. It's it's made basically memes for us. <laughs> yeah, it's just memes. <laughs> it is literally. I think I think the death of uh, of uh, Harambe probably meant more to us <laughs> than 9-11. Am I stupid that I don't know what Harambe is? Harambe is probably one of the best memes of the last twenty years. Oh, really? Can we pull it up? Yeah, pull up Harambe. Okay. Can you please? Okay. Can you, uh, uh, yeah, uh, pull, pull up Harambe <laughs> memes, please. <laughs> um, I wanted. I also wanted to ask, like, what do you think one of the most toxic traits that millennials have that you see? Because you're around us all the time. You're one of the younger people in the comedy mm. scene, and you're around us millennials. Oh, right. Of course. The American flag and like the picture. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. So basically Harambe just this, like... A, so this is your 9-11 when he passed away. So he was murdered. He was murdered. Because a kid jumped in and like he went to... And he grabbed the kid. So they murdered Harambe to oh, save the kid. Oh, right, right, right. I remember this now. But so like the, the, the meme is that... <laughs> oh, wow. Oh it, wow! It's a great meme because like I remember like when like a Harambe died, there was like no memes about it. There was actual general sympathy and people like sad that he died and people yeah. were overreacting. Yeah. And then a month later, people ironically, <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, dicks out for Harambe, like we miss him. <laughs> and then and then it went back to be unironic, where like people actually did miss this kind of monkey. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, that's why I love it. And, it. and it lasted forever. And it was just cute. And it's just so funny. <laughs> and every time a celebrity dies. That's where that meme is from. Yeah like, yeah, like like the celebrity getting added to the gates of heaven. That's like Harambe getting added to the gates. Like that's where it's from. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, I remember the 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 accident with him involved. I just don't. I didn't follow the meme. Not an accident. It's a tragedy. <laughs> it was. It was. It tragedy. Was, it's a plot by our government. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the question. What do you think? Uh, some of us millennials, a toxic trick that we have. You, you guys keep on talking talking about being millennials. Really? That's one of the toxic traits that we have. Yeah, and you guys are like talking about boomers. I'm like, y'all just boomers light. Like, yeah. sh- like chill out. You got, like. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll, I'll change the I'll change the topic. And, you guys, and, and like it's like it's weird because it's like yeah, like you guys are getting dicked over by like boom, like you know boomers, you know, because they had like they had like you know like good economic prosperity, mm. and you guys you know kind of got the tail end of that. Yeah. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but but you but you guys like have like the, you talk the same way how like. How my like you know boomers talk about like technology changing? It's true though. Well, because it it grew so much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like I'm sounding exactly like them, but like I don't know. Like now that I'm in my 30s, like I, I'm I am like my parents, which is like looking back at like you know. Like my parents used to look back on the seventies when I was like in the nineties, and it's just like it's well, if you think about it, like the technology between like the nineties and the seventies wasn't that different. But yeah, like the technology between now and the nineties is vastly yeah. different. It's crazy. So it's I, insane. So like I kind of like and like I kind of grew up with like you know like landlines and stuff like that. And yeah. the internet was just getting good. Yeah, and like so I kind of grew up with a very like a very fast evolving like technology thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and now it's like. Like a lot of these, like I guess, like even now, like I don't even know if I consider myself Gen Z because, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like old. <laughs> I'm too old to be considered Gen Z by a lot of people. Like a lot of people wouldn't think I'm Gen Z or whatever. <laughs> Why do you think you're old to be Gen Z? I don't because people wouldn't think they think Gen Z. They think of people who are like, you know, like sixteen to like right. seven. You okay. know, so you're like elder Gen Z. They would call me a boomer. Like, <laughs> they would call me a boomer, and you guys would call me a Gen Z. So I don't know where I could fit in. You know, I mean, you are who you are. I yeah. don't know. You, 
I don't know. You're you're great who you are. <laughs> you're allowed to identify with whoever you'd like to identify with. You guys need to t- stop talking about being millennials. Okay. Yeah. So we'll stop now. Yeah. We'll please, stop please. now. <laughs> please. So let's talk about comedy. Uh, when did you get started? Uh, f- <laughs> That's a fun noise. <laughs> Go in. <laughs> do um, that for like ten minutes. I'm doing my lip trills actually right now. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by like like stand up? Yeah. When did you start stand up? My first set ever was on 420 in uh, 2018. Okay. I think I was like I just or even or maybe maybe it was in February of like 20 like 18. I was like 18 years old, just like just about turned 19, and that okay. was, that was at like a uh, an event my club organized. Oh. Yeah, it was like called Open Stage Night, so anyone could do anything they wanted. What club? Uh, it was called Spotlight at Spot- Dawson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So and like so they so they organized like an open like uh, mic night type of thing, and I wrote my set, and it's the same set I did at like the at the Comedy Nest. Okay. When because uh, I was dating like Mason at that time, mm-hmm. and like she was doing like stand up, mm-hmm. and like she'd done it like she's done it like a, a, a little bit before I did. Okay. And then she told me to do like like hey like go to the nest. And then mm-hmm. I just did the same set. Okay. And then the first person I met was like I think Lawrence Corber was like maybe like the host, and like he told me to move the microphone behind me when I go on stage. Okay. And then Sarag was there the first or second time. He told me about Grumpies and Shika. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah. And then those are like the the first two other shows I went to. Oh, amazing! Because I was in it since the beginning. Like even before, like as soon as I started stand up, I was like. I was like, I knew I was going to do like stand up eventually. Really? Because I was. I've heard you say that before. Like, how do you knew you were gonna like you were gonna do it eventually? Like, I've always wanted to be a comedian, and like, that, okay. was, that was always like the thing I wanted to do, and I didn't know like how that was gonna like, come yeah. through. Like, I okay. wanted to be an actor. I wanted to make movies. I wanted to be a writer. Okay. I didn't like. Okay. I was doing improv. I was in theater. Like, I, everything mm-hmm. was. Co- I was studying cinema because I couldn't study mm. like comedy. Yes. You know, yeah. if yeah. I was in Toronto, I could went to Humber, but like yeah. if I went to Humber, I don't. Think I'll be this funny. You know? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I'll be a little bit different. Shots fired. Humber. That is shots fired. Wow. Um, so who was like the like when you who was the first comedian that you saw like on TV or the internet that like that you're like I want to do that. Like what like um, what put that in your brain at such a young person? I think early on it like so I, I guess I liked SpongeBob. You like okay, and like Spon- that was Spon- the yeah, a good comedian, Spon- SpongeBob. No, but like SpongeBob's got great writing. And, yeah, it's and the, funny. And the first thing I ever wanted to be was to be a cartoonist. I always wanted to okay. an- make like animate like cartoons and stuff like that. And oh, that's I would, amazing. So I, I would draw a lot. And I was like pretty good at drawing. I, okay. have, I have not progressed since then. Like the, <laughs> the, the drawing level has stayed the same since I was like six. Okay, which is saying something. That means like I was I was drawing Picasso when I was six. <laughs> Now I draw like a six-year-old, but uh, and no, no one saw your talent at yours. Like, look at look at this magic. Oh no, people, people are like, yeah, Zach drawing some like goofy things. But I was just, but they didn't realize it was Picasso. No, yeah, I was just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for so like, SpongeBob was your was your inspiration. Well, kind of like I like I I liked SpongeBob. And it was like I wanted to be funny, you yeah. know. And I always like imagine myself like always like. Uh, I liked being I always like kind of connected with like the side characters who were like their whole purpose is to be funny yeah yeah I always connected with those like Patrick was like my favorite and mm-hmm. like Spongebob mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like real comedians yeah. Uh, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> Jeff Dunham oh wow <laughs> yeah Jeff Dunham was the first stand-up comedian I ever I, saw I mean um, Say, that guy there it, like I was talking about like the 9-11 yeah 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 same guy showed me Jeff Dunham okay okay Jeff Dunham and then Russell Peters. I mean, and Jeff Dunham, Sugar Sammy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, Jeff Dunham like was kind of like a ra- like he was very popular like two thousand four, five, mm-hmm. six, or whatever. So like I get it that like that's as a like if you're growing up at that time like that's who you saw as a comedian for sure and like um and, like didn't age well didn't. For sure didn't age well. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the Ahmed character. Oh. I yeah. like the idea of, like, a skeleton, but, like, now he's a terrorist. It blooms. It's kind of funny, but, like, <laughs> he, you know, like, as like maybe as a gag, but, like, as a whole-ass character, and it's, like, and we know it's a white dude voice in this. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not like there's a suspension of disbelief. His hand's up his ass. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know he's making that sound. 
Yeah. Um, so that was like your first, um, you know, exposure to comedy. Um, and you mentioned earlier that like you were trying, you did everything else but comedy, like theater and stuff. So you, you started theater young too, right? Uh, yeah, I started in high school. Well, actually, if you want to go way back, <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I ever wanted to try stand up was at like, there was like a public pool near me and i was like seven years old and it had like a they had like a like a uh talent show okay at a public pool it was like not a public it was like a private pool i should say like kind of a club type of thing was it riverside yeah yeah how'd you know because mike because mike yeah that's so funny yeah uh we go swimming in that pool in the summer still that's so funny yeah yeah my my boyfriend grew up in the same area as zach lasalle bro (laughs) texas uh so they they're like riverside had this pool that like they used to put on like private like they had like the community they had like talent shows and stuff like that okay i forget what it was called Mm -hmm. but i have one i never signing up and say i was gonna do stand up and i didn't know what that meant Okay. Like, I never, like, I wanted to tell jokes, but I just kind of chickened out and never did it again. Okay. Okay. But it kind of, like, from there, like, I was just... Mm-hmm. Did your family see that you were funny? Like, did you, like... Yeah. They always, like, yeah. knew I liked comedy. Like, okay. I remember them buying me books about stand-up and, like, comedy okay. and stuff like that and, like, improv and, like, I got really good at improv. Okay. Uh, yeah. When did you start improv? High school. Okay. Yeah, okay. like, sec one. I was like, uh, which is like grade seven. I was I was already on the senior team for mm-hmm. like improv, just because I was the only junior who wanted to actually do improv. Okay, okay. Uh, I did I did like theater, but before that, uh, at Christian camp, they had like skits. Okay. Every night, okay. and every cabin got to do like their own skit. Okay. And that was my favorite thing ever. Was okay. just like. Yeah. Like, we'd be outdoors by a campfire, just a little stage of a little, like, white, like, background, and mm-hmm. you would just do your skits. And they mostly would suck, to be honest. <laughs> and there'd be, like, and, and there'd be, like, almost archetypes of skits, you know, or almost just, like, classic skits that people would just re- redo or redo? just do, do a flavor were of. They, were, were they biblical if you're a Christian camp? Not all of them. Like, some okay. of them, like, a lot of them are tongue-in-cheek, you okay. know? Like, uh, not all of them are biblical. Uh, but I, when I stepped into the game... <laughs> When, okay, first, when did you, when did, like, how old were you when you went to Christ, Christian camp? Uh, I think seven. Seven. And, like, did you go for several years? I went until I was 17. Holy crap! <laughs> Holy! <laughs> Are you a religious person? Uh, uh, maybe a little, At that time, for those th- 10 years. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I went, no, I went when I was nine until I was 17, so okay. it wasn't okay. 10 years, but... So your favorite part was, like, doing these sketches? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I yeah. got, like... That's the only thing I cared about. And it was sleepaway camp? Yeah. Okay. And it was for like two weeks during... It was it was for one week. And then if you're older, it could be like two weeks. And then there was like a teen only session that would happen for like one week. And that's okay. basically like the all stars of the <gasps> entire summer. Did you become the all stars? I was like, oh my gosh. I... <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, 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 at one point, I had like almost an Avengers level of like from my skits. Like I, I got cocky with the skits. I got, I like, I really liked them. Yeah. Like one time, we, uh, we just parodied everyone else's skits. Really? Like of that, of like of that session. So you would like parody like the different kids doing like the characters, or, or like, like we, we see their skit, right? Yeah. And then we'd be like, let's, like, let's just do anti comedy. <laughs> of like their skit like there's there's a skit where like a person passes around the box and they drink out of the box and it's like oh it tastes like orange juice oh it tastes like uh, lemons and then and then like at the end the joke is like oh that's my box of puppies you guys are drinking piss the entire time <laughs> but our version was like we would like uh, we would like drink it oh it tastes like dead puppies and then the next person oh it tastes like dead puppies and another person's like oh thank you for holding my dead puppies <laughs> and that was just a skit Okay. And like, and we we just parody everyone else's skits in one skit. I was mm-hmm. like known for doing multiple skits within one skit. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people would do like five minute skits. Mine were like 15, 20 minutes. That's like hilarious. I was like extending the time. I was running the light. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time I came up with three different skits for like one night, and all of them were bangers. Like, oh really? I still look back at them fondly. <laughs> bangers, straight if up. Only bangers. you could People's... have filmed them. We could like have this content. They are filmed. They are filmed. Do you do you have this content that you could release to the world? Uh, they're on my. YouTube channel. Okay. There's one of them, only one of them. I think Zach Mingle is the only one that survived. <laughs> and, and I and I kind of and I tried to remake another one with my friends from high school, but it wasn't as funny as the skit on okay. like. Okay. Okay. But anyways, uh, 
<laughs> look like if it, to me it was hilarious you yeah. know and yeah, like yeah, yeah. and the fun part was just trying to like get around like the christianity yeah like we we did like dark things like we did we did like uh like a skit about like if like the kool-aid man was actually just making a cult okay right <laughs> so like so like <laughs> And like all these is basically like how to make Kool-Aid and start off like get your water, get your Kool-Aid, yeah. you know, get the candles, turn yeah. off the lights, get some friends, mm-hmm. hail Satan. <laughs> but we didn't say that. We like went around it and like we didn't we couldn't yeah. say cult yeah. at Christian camp, but we can spell like C U L T Kool-Aid. <laughs> and they, it took them a while to get it. Oh wow. Like okay. you can see like the like the the program like the program yeah. directors like kinda like think about it, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we were off stage by that time anyways. <laughs> Did you get in trouble? Uh, like, hey, I know on. what you're doing. Clever. Only later on. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have any, uh, I mean, you still create content like that. You still like, you write sketches, like um, you, you put out videos, especially more lately. Um, like what inspires, like, is that like, is this love starting like from when you were a kid, like just carried on till now? Is that like, how yeah. you see it? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, I always yeah. like making things. I always yeah. like videos. Uh, I grew up with YouTube. Yeah, exactly. I've been watching you. I've had. I don't even know how many hours I have for YouTube. I don't even. Need, I don't even need to know. I don't think you want to know how many hours. I think if you know how they say like ten thousand. Was it like was it ten thousand hours you mask or something? I I could. I literally could. Like, I probably have like. I'm like probably like prestige ten. Or some shit <laughs> on like YouTube. Like yeah. I have like m- so many hours on that sh- thing. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's it's insane how much how much YouTube I watch. But yeah. th- that's like all my love for that is like because I like yeah. making do you, videos. Do you watch Do you watch YouTube more than like any other streaming? I watch YouTube more than anything else in the entire world. Oh really? Anything else? Okay. What What is like? What are the things that you like? What are the rabbit hole rabbit holes that you're going down? Uh, I could go on my YouTube history like right now. <laughs> Do we want to? Is this like no? It's not that scary. bad. Scary. Okay. Um, okay. So I I was just watching. I just fin- wrapped up a uh, <laughs> just wrapped up. a four hour video documentary about a uh, four hours. Yeah, it was a four hour documentary about a, uh, a like a like a park called Evermore. Okay. Yes. By, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna shout out uh, this per this this you actually no I'm not gonna shout this YouTuber. She already has a million subs. <laughs> Fuck that. Follow, follow Zach Kick on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, fo- don't follow her. I'll I'll send you the link though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watch like I like I like documentaries. Like when people make documentaries on YouTube, I really like that. I love a documentary. I love a good documentary. Like there's there's a lot of like content out there that doesn't grab my attention for more than like five seconds. But a documentary, like fuck me up with a document documentary. One of the one of the best documentaries I've ever seen is uh, by a YouTube channel called Defunct Land. Defunct Land. Yeah. Okay. And they they basically just like talk about roller coasters and like roller coasters and theme parks and stuff like that. Okay. Which is so funny because like when I first started YouTube, like watching YouTube, the first thing I watched was like roller coaster videos, and now I'm still watching that. Okay. Uh, but like, so he made like he made this one documentary called "The History of Disney's Fast Pass." <laughs> the history of Disney's it's like two Fast hours something. Two really, and it's gripping. Really, <laughs> it's so good. It's so <laughs> oh good. Oh my god! I, I've watched it like two, three times. What? Yeah. Why? Why is it gripping? Like, because I don't know. The people know how to write a good story, and it's like, I guess it, so. It, it is interesting. Like the fast pass is like those passes that you just like go past the the line to the rides, right? That's yeah, what we're but talking it's about. Deeper than that, though. It's deeper. <laughs> it's way deeper. Like, uh, all right. If I if I could just hit the synopsis really quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney first started. You know, like the expression that uh, something is e-ticket. That's an mm. e-ticket attraction. Mm-hmm. That's because like uh, when Disneyland first started, they had like different like levels of attractions. You mm-hmm. buy tickets for those attractions and whatever, whatever. And then they started like got rid of that, and I think they added the fast pass where you would like basically get a time and a reservation that you can go into line and then you basically get on like the ride. Okay. But then there was like some complications with that. Like they, yeah, like they started inter- introducing like they, they be, like if you, if you had a hotel, like in like the park, you could like, yeah. you get unlimited fast passes wow. or like, and like only people, like usually a regular person can only use two and it, it basically created different, like just, just levels, fu- like levels, levels, of- but also like it fucked up everyone. Cause then it'll just be lines everywhere. Yeah. And then like some rides that shouldn't have a crazy line, have a crazy line, a crazy line. You've paid money to get this express pass. And then like, it's yeah. not, it's yeah. Okay. And then, okay. and then how they fix that issue and how the, the issue kind of still remains now 
I think now I love how intrigued you are by this. I, I now I'm now I'm hooked. Now I need to watch this. It, 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 I, don't know, I, I don't know how I fuck. I don't know why I even care. Like I went to Disneyland World twice only, dude. I, I've never. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck about Larone. Yeah. I learned from that YouTube channel that Larone actually has the worst rated roller coaster in the entire world. Really? Yeah. Really? I have only been. Uh, no, and just like it just fucking just works. They just they it just get, suck? it gives you like whiplash and it's just not fun. <laughs> I forget which one it was, but it's like a very like vertical kind of like flat, and it used to be called like oh. Green Lantern something. Yeah, but it's called something now in like maybe like the Joker or some shit like. Okay. In like, but anyways, we have that right now. It fucking sucks. Okay. Okay. I I don't. I how I've been to Larone maybe like twice in my life. I like I'm not like a big like roller coaster person. Are you like a roller coaster person? Um, kinda, <laughs> but. <laughs> but you're really into I'm learning into, about I'm, Express Pass. I'm into YouTube, okay? And whenever it's on YouTube, I watch. <laughs> okay. Well, you watch a video of someone on a roller coaster mm. on YouTube. I also <laughs> watch this guy. Uh, I think his name's... Uh, fuck. Uh, his name's Steve, and he has a YouTube channel where he just goes camping. Just goes camping. Yeah. Specific- is it is it just like like raw footage of him camping? Yeah, he brings his cameras and stuff like that. And usually it's stealth camping. Like he like he's camping in places where he can't camp. And oh, the wow. funny thing is, is like no one gives a fuck. <laughs> right? No one cares. Like if you go camping in like a foresty area yeah. three hundred feet from everyone else. Yeah. But like he like just invested in like this really stealth camping stuff and okay. just like it, it is, Does it just, he have a lot of followers yeah. and like views? Wow, he's like okay. so earnest and so wholesome, and yeah. it's, just, it's just like a hobby for him, and it's just like so nice. And recently, his wife died, like like a few months ago, oh, and that was sad. That was sad. Like they it, used to go camping together. She would drop him off a lot of the time. You usually, <laughs> you, you go solo. You go solo camping a lot of the time. Okay, okay, I get it. All right, you, I mean, you grew up in this like content creation like time, um, and you do a lot of content creation yourself. Um, uh, how like what is your like when you make a sketch and you film a sketch? Like, um, what is your inspiration behind that? Uh, usually, I don't know. Like, I think I just get like a fun, I just, I'm always kind of like looking for like a, an excuse to make a video. Yeah. So as long as, as soon as I get an excuse, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be like, okay, no, that's a good idea. Let me just like, turn it into a video. Okay. Do you like write it out or you just like kind of. So depending on what the skit is, like sometimes I draw them out. Like I would like. Draw them out. Yes. Okay. Wow. Like, yeah, I'd storyboard it. So I know like what I have to shoot. So it's just an easier shoot for me. And like, mm-hmm. I can just get it really done quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why all my videos are kind of short because I just like, oh, that's a good excuse. Let me just literally just make a 30 second video. Okay. Like one time when like uh, Sarag mm-hmm. lost his cat. And yeah, it, that was th- such a funny video. But and, like that was based on him losing yeah, his cat. Yeah. And then and then like and then we're like because he like we thought he jumped out the window. <laughs> yeah. And then and like we're all like, how do we know he actually jumped out the window? And yeah. I was like, and I was like, oh, there's a little like a little like makeshift rope, <laughs> and like. And like it's kind of fun. it was like funny to me because yeah, but like he also just like we also thought he lost his cat. Yeah, and we were looking for seven hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made the video after the whole events happened. I made and like after a, we like they found the cat, so yeah. it's all was was Sarag like hesitant to film this sketch because he like he was so like I mean he was sad about like almost losing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> but yeah, but he found the cat. It was yeah, it was yeah, yeah. in the back of someone's drawer. <laughs> I know, I know, like like a sock. I know. <laughs> Like a soccer t-shirt you lost. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a big cat. Like, I don't know how the fuck he got back there. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, uh, Sarai just told the story here and like, it, it is a hilarious story. Imagine losing your animal for seven hours and the fucking thing is in a drawer. Like, I would like, I would throw the cat away. And he's loud. He's like, not, he's not like <laughs> I would be like, cat. I, we're done. We're done. Like me and you, cat, we're done because you just put me through seven hours. That's not worth it. I don't love. I would never love a cat. What's the cat's name? Stevie. Yeah, Steven, as I call him. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> um, going back to uh, comedy for a bit. Um, so you started in 2018. Uh, your first that was your first set at Dawson. Mm-hmm. You were studying there. Um, uh, did you do like you said you did your that set again at the Nest? Did you like did, like 
did you try new material the next time? Like, how did your um, your set evolve in the first like few months? Oh um, my. Okay, so I think my set evolved because like usually a lot of my jokes are my friends say something funny mm -hmm. and then I write that down. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then, and yeah. then I go say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so my first joke I ever wrote was about like wanting to kiss my dad on the lips. <laughs> And like I would just start to set off, be like, uh, like literally, like hello, yeah. I want to kiss my dad on the lips. <laughs> uh, like, Did it land well the first time? You oh did my it? god! Like, it, 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 well, I, I don't know. As a, I was getting laughs. I don't know if it was killing or not. Okay, like relatively, okay. but it, it was working for a bit. But also, it kind of like made me stick out. Okay. You okay. know, it, like I, I like it gave it gave you the confidence to go forward for sure. Yeah, I like I like that. Like my joke was weird. I made a joke about like you know like uh, oh I like I want to kiss my dad on the lips. Not like in like a like an incestuous gay way. Like <laughs> more of like kind of like a like an Italian way. <laughs> you ever see The Godfather? I have seen The Godfather. Incredible gay movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very homosexual movie. Yeah, that's that's basically what the whole entire joke was. I just called The Godfather gay. <laughs> But That's like, what but it like is in, in your notebook, Godfather Gay. Yeah, but like in a good way. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and it's all it's funny to me because then it'd be like a times like it's not gay. I'm like, you have a problem with the like the like the, <laughs> the Godfather being gay? Like, come on. How long was that? How long was that bit? Was it like a couple minutes or like was thirty seconds? Thirty seconds. Okay. My first sets were three minutes because I didn't have five minutes of material. Okay. And I didn't. I was terrified of getting played off at the yes. Nets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, made oh. that a, they made that a huge threat. They they still do. I see them sit like I mean Mason when if she's at the door will be like be like do not do not go over five minutes. And they've actually played me off once. And like, this was in the last six months and I was livid. Cause I was just like, I was like, yeah, I know it was like going over a little, but I was so close to wrapping up. And then I talked to the tech guy and he's like, yeah, you're at like almost six minutes. I was like, I was barely over. And you like, anyways, it's fine. I love that. It's get all a good. Comedian running the tech. Cause then, you know, when the joke ends, <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> we love the nest. Please keep booking us. Yeah, That's keep, fine. Yeah, please, please uh, keep booking us. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe get a written copy of everyone's jokes. Don't know, <laughs> so don't play them off. I remember seeing you on stage for the first time. It was probably the summer... Like maybe the first few months that you started, um, I remember you and Mason like pretty new at it, and um, you went on stage and you handed out papers. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I think you were. Uh, Fernando was there. You handed out paper was with you with like your contact just to make friends. I think the bit was like to make friends. You like handed out like that's a hilarious bit. I forget what even the joke was, but I was just like, I'm trying to make friends. It just passes. Yeah. Oh, I think it was because like uh, it was like for the Wednesday, right? And it's like you bring your friends yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. what if I just made everyone my friend? <laughs> So I just passed them out. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, please vote for me. I think that was what it said on it. It was like my phone number, my email. Please I think vote. you did win that Wednesday. Oh, dude, I, I crushed it that year. Yeah. <laughs> I won like eight times that year. Yeah, yeah. You've won. A, you've won I mean, the Comedy Nest here in Montreal does uh, Comedy Lab Wednesdays where like the comedian writes a theme, like a joke in, in line with the theme. And then the, the audience votes like the best. And yeah, you've won a lot. Never, won never back the back. No, okay. I, could, okay. I couldn't defend it. Okay. I remember there's probably there's a few that have like one back to back, I think. I, I won I stopped Akeem from breaking the record. That was the first time I won. Oh really? What was the record that Akeem had? I think he was trying to go for three or four. I heard that uh Joshua Clark did like uh like a ten week like stint once. Was that the nest or the works? I think it was at the the nest, okay. but I'm not. I'm. It was it was Peter that told me it, so I assume it was like yeah. There. Okay, then mine. But I, I never yeah. I never like uh, dethroning Akeem. Oh, because he was going for four or something or three, <laughs> and then just yeah, whatever. I'm, yeah, and you you took him down. Exactly. Good for you. That's amazing. I forget the joke was. I remember like writing some weird jokes. Yeah, I um. I wrote I wrote jokes about Street Fighter. <laughs> Street Fighter. Comparing Street Fighter, I swear to God, comparing Street Fighter and the different versions of Street Fighter to hummus and baba ganoush. <laughs> you mean they're very similar? No, okay, so Street. Or, okay, let me get let me get to this. So Street Fighter because has, huh, they're both dips. They're both dips. You both eat, you eat them both with pita. Mm -hmm. 
but they're they they do taste different. They do be tasting different. I have like I I write like when I write jokes, I write like almost branches of jokes. So like okay. I have like I have okay. So like let me let me, let me just get this down. Yeah. So Baba Ganesh, Trief, uh, Baba Ganesh and hummus. Mm-hmm. I always consider them like like almost like brothers, kind of like sequels to each other, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not the same, but they're not different. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter is kind of like that, where Street Fighter has a bunch of different like uh, like variations. There's Street Fighter like Turbo, mm-hmm. Street Fighter Alpha, one, two, mm-hmm. three. You know, like a bunch of different versions of different surnames. It's always it always reminded me of like how hummus always has like hummus like with like. Uh, roasted garlic, <laughs> roasted pepper, yeah. uh, like Zatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never like one time there was like chocolate hummus, yeah. and I wrote I wrote like a big bit about like or like it was like, I think it was like blueberry hummus, and I was like they're yeah. gentrifying hummus. <laughs> that was like that was my breakout bit. That was my breakout bit before Kraft Singles. <laughs> this hummus was hummus <laughs> walked so Kraft Singles could fly. <laughs> That's literally how it works. That was, I was known as the hummus guy from from, uh-huh. from the beginning. The hummus dude. Yeah, the hummus dude. dude of comedy. Yes. I, that's wait. S- like that's how I know you. Still love hummus. <laughs> hummus is f- the best. No, it, yeah. Hum, when, when, I remember when I I started losing weight mm. when I found out what hummus was. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, they made mayonnaise, but good. <laughs> And healthy and not full of fat and has protein in it and is delicious. No, I yes. want I, I would I'm not even joking, I would eat hummus with a spoon. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Oh hummus is crazy. Yeah. Would you eat mayonnaise with a spoon? <laughs> Ew. I no, wouldn't I say, want, I I wouldn't say I would, I but I know. have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh some of the shows that you're involved in because you are a hustler. You work really, really hard. Um you do. <laughs> Don't give me that look. You do. Um, you you run uh, NDG Comedy in the Park every yeah. summer, which is a fucking killer show. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool. Like there were the summer that you started. Literally, you had more audience members than most of us. I was the only show going on for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you pulled an audience. Like a lot. Yeah. Like uh, people in NDG and the surrounding areas definitely came out because it was like it was in a park, right? So like there was no. Well, yeah, there was also no uh, capacity limits. Yeah. So yeah. every show could only have like 20, mm-hmm. 15, 30 people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, depending on the size of the room. And I was pulling a minimum at least 35 people. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes 100. And I was just like, I was like, I felt like a boss. Like I was like killing it. You were, you were. And like, yeah. we, I don't think we, we reached like... I think of maybe our first show we had a hundred people for this year, mm-hmm. but we consistently re- stayed around forty people. Oh wow! Which yeah. is like for a weekly show, it's really good. Forty people is crazy. It's really good, and you have um, a lot of people that come back every week. Um, so that says a lot. We're like, you know, you're you're pulling these good comedians, and they they're just enjoying themselves on a Saturday. It's really really fun. What inspired you to to start this? Was it because of the lack of shows happening. Okay, so here here is the real hot gossip. Yeah. I was at my first show back from the pandemic at Melrose. Yes. It did well. And I was like, nice, cool. And like some French comedians walked by and they, cause like the doors, like the windows opened to Melrose. So they actually heard the stand up. Yeah. They stopped by and I started talking to them. Mm-hmm. And they said they ran shows. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, oh, yeah, we run shows in the park. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, we run, we have one every single day of the week. Every single day. Yeah, it's almost it's, it's like a circuit they do. Oh wow! And do was, they still do they still do it? You think? I think so. I okay. think so. I'm I'm not too sure. Yeah. Uh, but I remember them saying like, "Oh, we have these shows. Like, follow us on Facebook." Because I was like, "Oh, I was kind of interested." And I was like, almost like I like the idea of like doing it in the park. Mm-hmm. And I just went to one of their shows, and it was in Hoshalaga, mm-hmm. and there was 300 people there. Holy shit! Holy shit! It was oh like it was in a baseball field, and the whole entire outfield was full of people. That's insane. And it wasn't like they were like they're bringing their big guns. Like maybe that has like some like good French comedians, but essentially like if we just got some of the better comedians in Montreal just together on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. 300 people out. And like they had like it was also kind of cool because the neighbors liked it. So the neighbors actually let them use their electricity. So oh, they, they ran like a big ass extension wow. cord to run okay. everything. That's in, that's amazing. And then I was also inspired by like because the Montreal Canadiens were in the playoffs. These people mm. in NDG were like showing the playoffs in the park. Yeah, yeah, on, and, a, on a screen, yeah. And, like, a bunch of people, like, a hundred-something people come to those. Mm-hmm. So I was, And then they got shut down by the police. Oh, they did? Yeah, and I was like... I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, uh, the Saturday thing to do is gone in the park. And I was yeah. like, time to... Uh, uh, take over. Time to, one, steal something from the French people. 
<laughs> and give to the English. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like the, uh, I'm like the Robin Hood Quebec hates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's super fun. Are you going to continue it next summer? You think? Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. I have yeah. no doubt in my mind. I want to, I want to do a, I want to do a few more adjustments. Okay. Like, uh, I want to have, like, just kind of, like, work on quality, kind of, like, keep mm-hmm. it tighter. I was kind of very loose on who could be on the show. Mm-hmm. I still want to keep it, like, the open, like, anyone can do it, but kind of, like, keep it to only, like, one or two, like, real open micers. Yeah. And then try to keep it, like, consistently a good show, because then okay. I want... Because I did it's see... It's good it. to evolve and, like, evaluate, for sure. I want music to play in between acts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. possibly figure out a way to get a stage just mm-hmm. by, like, bringing a mil- like, like, like a pat like a palette and just, like... Yeah, wood on it, and like yeah. so, just that you're a little bit elevated. That's commitment, though, because you have to drag that from your home. That's the thing. That's the yeah. that's, that's the only issue. But anyways, that's that's uh, that, that's you'll that's, figure it out. N- n- that's neither a next here nor problem. there. Question: Is your goal to get J, uh, to go to get uh, Jay, Jay Burrishell? Yeah. Okay, there's an open invitation to Jay Burrishell. This is this portion of the episode. <laughs> uh, Jay Burrishell, I know you don't know me. Well, she maybe know me on Twitter as the I guy mean, who you tags do tag. You. Jay Baruchel a lot. Yeah, I might be the only person who does that. Uh, yeah, the uh, pretty, if they're not talking much. about hockey, unless maybe Seth Rogen, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't. Maybe they probably just like text each other. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the relationship. I mean, Seth Rogen doesn't need to be tagging him. I don't care about. I don't care about his relationships <laughs> with any other like comedians or whatever. What I care about is that he is from NDG. He does. He he is from NDG. Think he still owns a home in NDG. I don't know. I, we I, can't. We don't. Know. I read we his. Can't. I read his book like about like <laughs> he hockey. Has a, he has a book. It's about hockey in Montreal and stuff. Okay. Like that. Okay. And I actually kind of related a lot to it because he's an Anglo from Montreal and okay. like I kind of like related to a lot to that. Okay. Um, but uh, he lives in Toronto now. Mm-hmm. Don't blame him. <laughs> but he. But I want. I want to like. I want him to come back because like I want him to like force him to give me the torch. <laughs> Of being like the iconic Anglo comedian okay. from Montreal. Yeah. Even though he's like more of like an actor yeah. slash host. Yeah. But he's still been in some funny things. He's a yeah, funny guy. But yes, you want you you want this NDG Anglo Montreal to come here and like give me the thing. Like just be like, what, hey, this, I I see this. I okay. respect it. Thank yeah. you for doing this for NDG. Yes. Yeah. Because I fair. think he would love it. I think he would love it. I th- I, I know he would love it. I, I'm yeah. with, I, I was thinking about so tag Zach and uh, Jay Baruchel on all social media mm-hmm. and get them connected. If anyone listening knows, preferably him. during the summer, so I have something to show him. <laughs> Starting in June, start tagging him. No, yeah, I yeah. may. We start the show. We'll in re-release May. this episode in June and make sure it happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or people put it in their calendars. Put in their calendars, set an alarm, a notification, and be like, oh, now I have to start harassing Jay Baruchel. Also, if you don't know who Jay Baruchel is, which a lot of people don't know. I mean, they they will. Popular they, mechanics for kids for the millennials. Yes. You guys like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yes. He was in This is the End. Yes. He wrote, and I think he wrote Goon. He directed the sequel, mm-hmm. Goon, uh, something of the Enforcers. Yeah. He was in uh, many, many he Seth, hosts Seth like, Rogen like, movies. Uh, like the, like the, like the, the, the mantra, like the can- Canadian version of like, uh, like Last One Laughing. Okay. Uh, he did like he he's hosting a bunch of stuff now. He like he, mm-hmm. anyways. <laughs> I and also the main reason why because his thing on Twitter is J Baruchel NDG, NDG and I'm yeah. like I don't know if you can still have that NDG if you don't come and like kiss <laughs> kiss the ring of the new prince. <laughs> you don't you can't like. <laughs> yeah, he's lost the the NDG title yeah. in his name, but he still has it. I don't know. I think we can make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I'll see you, dog. <laughs> I live on Monkland. I'll see you around, dog. I'll see you walking up those streets. Yeah, yeah. He, um, when he did live in NDG, he used to buy, I think, dog food from my from Doghouse, which is on Shout Out Doghouse on Sherbrooke. It's a pet supply yeah. store. Um, my cousin works there. Um, so maybe if you hang out there, there's a cafe there. Um, but I don't, if he doesn't live here anymore, he's not going there. But this might sound psychopathic, but like I remember he he detailed like where like his house, like the he like kind of like the details of where his house was. Okay. And I've triangulated it. And I, <laughs> I think I figured out where it was. 
That's hilarious. It's not psychopathic. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's totally fine. Uh, so we do have to wrap up. Uh, oh, what? I, oh, what? There's I know. A, there's, like so many, there's so many other YouTube videos I could tell you about. So many you, other YouTube documentaries. And like you, Jay, <laughs> and Jay Bear Shall Call so, so many more. I mean, uh, you... I mean, you hear every episode, so you can bring more up on other episodes. Oh, that's fact. Uh, I was, yeah. We, we, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> um, so we, like you know, we always wrap up with two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the hardest thing that you've ever been through? I didn't think about this one. Uh, honestly, there's there's very like... I would I, I don't know if it's say the hardest things because it's just like I feel like I'm a very like forgiving person mm-hmm. and just also I forget a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the pain I kind of like acknowledge, but just it just it just I don't know if it's just like my mind or something or whatever. But mm-hmm. like pain and stuff like that, kind of like I put it in past. I kind of like move on. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a eventually. good thing. Yeah. So like it's kind of hard to be like what is the hardest thing because mm-hmm. relatively to a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't say there's been a lot of hard things in my life, you know? Okay. Like, I have great parents. Okay. Um, That's great. Maybe they didn't always agree with me and stuff like that. Or maybe they weren't always the best parents. Like, you know, or maybe I didn't always see them as the best parents. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I didn't like I didn't have a trouble in high school or anything like that. But I think the one that sticks out to me was kind of, like, being in high school and kind of, like, I don't know, like... Kind of just being in high school and kind of like having like pains of like feeling unloved. Yeah. Like yeah. I had like this huge crush on, on someone in like uh, mm, uh, in mm-hmm. like uh, a Christian camp. Okay. And she was my best friend. We're like really good friends now, but I had a huge crush on her. And, yeah. then, and I found out she's like she started dating like like my a person I looked up to like my mm-hmm. like uh, like like uh, like my like one of my camp counselors. Oh per- wow! Another person I looked up to like comedically too, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And like and I, and I like crushed me because I kind of like yeah heartbroken, heartbroken, oh. a lot of inferior and in, uh, infi- inferiority complexes and stuff like that. Yeah, and so that kind of fucked with me for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it took me a long time to get over that. Like almost the entirety of high school to get yeah. to truly get over that. Mm-hmm. And I never like just being- heartbreak as a teenager is if. Fucks you like I like even I would though, cry myself to sleep a y- lot of the nights and that's facts I make jokes about it but like that was the no. reality for a lot of the times yeah yeah, yeah. I, you you also like this is the first time you're experiencing heartbreak yeah. so like it, you don't know how to put these feelings it and wasn't you sort even of, real heartbreak though you know it was just like it, it is I feel like it is heartbreak to a certain extent like well when you are older you do experience a different level of heart it's just different it's very different but it's still fucking hurts for sure yeah and just i was just depressed for like severely depressed for a long time like okay and like Mm -hmm. at the point where i would go to like a like like i went to go see like a school therapist and like and i wanted like to seek out help but like the therapist wasn't there that day but the the Mm -hmm. school like guidance counselor was and we just started talking to kind of like figure out what was happening. But I didn't want to talk to her because she wasn't the therapist. Yeah, yeah. She has no like, she can't, like, she had, she didn't sign a contract to say she can't talk to anyone else besides yeah, this. Yeah, And like, I know who she is and I don't know if she's going to tell other fucking people. Yeah. So we just kind of talked about like how I was sad. I was keeping it vague, you yeah. know, because I didn't want to tell her anything. And then we mm-hmm. started talking about like, uh, like musicals because I like musicals. Mm-hmm. And then I think she was like insinuating that I was secretly closeted. <laughs> And like, and that's why I was like going to see the therapist because I was like secretly gay, and she was like really pushing it towards that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's very odd. Yeah, and, I, and that also stopped me from going to see a therapist. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I did yeah. because she like I was like I'm never gonna go fucking try it again because if that girl's there, I'm not. Oh, I don't want to fucking. That's see awful. Her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry you went through that. That's so hard. A heartbreak is very hard. That, that technically like the hardest thing, but like yeah. there's probably been more it's, things that actually stung more. And yeah. Things are like a little bit more dark and depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, we definitely don't have to go into it if you don't want. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, like, we'll go into the last. I smoke. Question. I smoke too much weed to like. <laughs> yeah. To like think about that. Like I, I have. I don't have any memories. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the last question we end with is, uh, what are the thing? What is the thing in life that are you most passionate about? Uh, roller coaster documentaries. Roller coaster documentaries. Far no. <laughs> not best uh, top. <laughs> I thought like at one point I thought about it was like it was comedy. 
Yeah. Right. And I, it is something I'm like one of the most things I am like most passionate about. But I think something above all else that kind of like supersedes that is being different. Being different. And standing out. And standing I, out. I think that's like my passion. Like I'd never want to like look like someone. I never want to sound like someone else. Yeah. There's sometimes where I, I like I like a comedian too much that I'll stop watching their specials because I don't want to become like them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. I enjoy their specials. I'm not going to rewatch them because I don't want to mm-hmm. get that too much ingrained mm-hmm. in me because I don't want to yeah. sound like them. That's really great, though. I think that's a good thing to be passionate about. So Just be be yourself. It's be... a little toxic because I have like an individuality complex. So as soon as like okay. I'm like 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 as soon as I'm matching with someone else, I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Like <laughs> I, I I I'm like, oh, I'm unoriginal. I'm like, I hate. I start mm. hating myself. No, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think you are very unique. You're an individual. You uh, you're 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 you know. You're different than anyone else I've ever met. And that's why I adore you. I think you're great. Gang, gang. (laughs) Well, thank you again for being here. We have to wrap up. Um, You're an amazing guest. Um, Thank you for being here every time we record. Mm -hmm. Amazing uh, producer, editor. I'm so lucky to have you. Hey, thank you. I'm lucky to, I'm lucky. Thank you for having me on. It's very fun. Uh, No problem. No problem. We'll have you on while you're here every week. Uh, But (laughs) we'll we'll have you on again as a guest for sure. Uh, I want to thank our funders, our sponsors. Pantelis' studio, uh, Poseidon, who's here today. Uh, uh, I want to thank you again. Um, Fernando and all the listeners, please like, subscribe, go to our website, uh, House of Stone Podcast. You'll find all the links there. Uh, And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 